Hey y'all, Cable here, and this week's podcast is brought to you by a a very exciting new platform that I'm a member of. Uh, because let's face it, if you're tired of all the hate, all the negativity that we face as hunters and anglers on social media outlets like Facebook and Instagram, then check out Go Wild. This is a place, a, a community that fosters a an attitude of acceptance, and it's very unapologetic. We are who we are. We don't need to apologize, but at the end of the day, uh, we also don't need to put up with the BS thrown at us by anti-hunters from members of groups like HSUS or, or these PETA freaks. I mean, we don't need to put up with them. So head over to Go Wild. I'm over there. Join the conversation and be a part of the fastest growing community of hunters and anglers out there. It's free, and uh, whether you have an iPhone or an Android, you can find it. Just look for Go Wild. I'll see you there. Good morning, good morning, good morning, sweet, beautiful Texas and beyond. Thunderbird, little Billy Joe Shaver kicking things off for us on the Lone Star Outdoors show powered by Dallas Safari Club. I'm Cable Smith. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Players as well. Man, we've got a great show lined up for you today. I'm certainly excited about it. And uh, I'm excited to uh, to be taking advantage of this downtime, y'all. I'm headed to South Africa. Literally, when we get off the air today, jumping in a big jet and heading across the big pond. And I'll be spending, gosh, about 10 days on the dark continent hunting with John X Safari. So lots of planes game on the menu for this trip. Uh, I wish I could afford to, uh, to hunt the big five, but maybe someday, right? We all can dream. Uh, so Kudu, Ninyala, Caracal, which is like their lynx. Some of y'all have probably seen a picture of that cat, uh, which we have to hunt with dogs. We'll be doing a lot of different stuff, but uh, I, I truly love the spot and stock aspect that South Africa offers. And I've, I've told y'all before, I had a wildly inaccurate idea of what I thought Africa was like. I figured it was going to be all flat and we'd be driving around, you know, see something out of a truck and pretty much get out, maybe make a little stock and then shoot it. But that was far from reality. Spent a lot of time spot and stalking. I mean, hours and hours behind the glass and then sometimes executing a stock that's you know, on our Eland from last year, over a mile away, um, through dense brush, I would equate it to, uh, like areas of the Texas hill country that are just covered in cedar. So, uh, truly a diverse, diverse place and one that I can't wait to get back to. And I'll share that adventure with you coming up very soon, I'm sure. Uh, but what's on the docket for today? Well, we're going to start things off by checking in with, uh, well, yours truly. That's right. Uh, for the first segment, I will be giving you my top five articles for warm weather or mild weather hunting. Specifically, I'm talking about early season archery elk, um, spring bear, spring turkey, Africa, where the temperature is pretty mild, and uh, opening weekend of whitetail. You know, for, for bow hunting, October 1st can be very hot still. Uh, so I'll give you my five key pieces and these are all going to be first light obviously uh, that's what i wear but whatever brand you're loyal to um, 
these are just the kind of items that you're going to want to have in your arsenal for those warm weather hunts. Uh, then we'll check in with Jess Priles, uh, Australian native, actually, who now lives in Austin, Texas. And uh, she's a respected chef, author, foodie, and hunter. Uh, so we're going to talk meat, lots of meat coming at you, even uh, dry aging steaks and venison, wet aging as well. Can you imagine hanging a steak for 150 days and then eating it? Oh my God. Sounds disgusting. Tastes amazing. Uh, Jess actually just, just did that and uh, we'll get her feedback on that. Uh, also salted caramel duck fat. Hmm. Who doesn't want to eat that? I know I damn sure do. Uh, lots of cool stuff coming up with the hardcore carnivore Jess Priles. And then we'll wrap up today's broadcast by talking uh, some guns with Trent Gilly of Overstocks and Bargains, specifically Cerakoting. This trend continues to increase in popularity among gun owners, and, and we'll talk Cerakote. Um, also, uh, we've got some ammo deals that he wants to share, uh, Lone Star Outdoor Show-specific ammunition deals. So all you duck hunters out there, we've got one for you that we'll announce here at the bottom of the hour. That's what's on the docket for today. Going to be a good one. We'll be all over the map just the way I like it. So uh, y'all get ready to rock and roll. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of granddad's beat up old Stanley Thermos because we're about to get after it. A couple other things. Don't forget our June photo of the month contest is going on right now. I've got a Vortex Optics Razor AMG UH1. Uh, this is actually a holographic site that's perfect for your AR. We'll give that away to this month's winner. Uh, email your best outdoor photo to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. Post it on our Facebook page or use the LSOS photo contest hashtag on Instagram and we'll get you entered. And then our 12 monthly winners will square off for a chance to hunt trophy axis deer or black buck with me at Coons Canyon Ranch next spring. So cool stuff going on there. Um, let's do, uh, let's do this. Let's do a quick giveaway. I've got, well, we'll just go ahead and announce it. I've got a box of Winchester blindside. This is 12 gauge, three inch shells, uh, 1400 feet per second. And we'll give this away. Uh, it's from Overstocks and Bargains, uh, but we'll give this away to, well, we'll just make everyone eligible. We'll keep it easy. Email blindside. That's blindside to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com and you'll be entered to win a box of Winchester Blindside. Uh, cool stuff there. Let's take a quick break. Up next, I'll give you my five key pieces of clothing that you need for that early season archery elk hunt. That's coming at you next right here on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Once I was a broken heart Once I tore your heart apart Hey y'all, Cable here for Three Curl Outfitters, and whether you want to bow hunt hogs or get after them with thermal imaging and night vision, under the cover of darkness, Three Curl has you covered. They've got the latest and greatest thermal imaging and night vision technology. They hunt unlimited, I mean, just thousands upon thousands of acres of ag fields, or if you're a bow hunter and you want to sit in a stand and wait for the hog to come to you, uh, they can do that as well. Check it out, threecurl.com to book your next hog hunt. I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club. 
an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. Please keep buying your Polaris products from us. Send us your friends, your neighbors, all your hunting buddies, and I promise we'll keep giving the best deals on a brand new Polaris in all of Texas. Whether you're looking for a Polaris for work or play, whether you need a regular Ranger or maybe a Ranger Crew, an RZR, they've got an all-new Ace that you need to come test drive. We've also got four-wheelers from a youth model all the way up to the all-new Sportsman 1000. For your Polaris headquarters, Hoff Powers Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas is who you need to see all or get on the web and contact today. You can check us out at hpolaris.com. That's H is in Hoff Power, polaris.com. Or you can come see us at Highway 84 West in Gulfway, Texas. And folks, Hoff Powers has been in Central Texas for over 50 years now, and we couldn't have stuck around this long if we were steering you wrong. Hi, this is Fred Eichler with Easton Bowhunting and Predator Nation. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. September in the Rockies, the bull elk bugles ring. Their sounds fill the canyons, it's like they're trying to sing. All winds blow and winter. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Ridge Fire, one of my favorites there from Dave Watson, bringing us back from break. As man, we're about ready to talk backcountry gear, specifically what kind of clothing you should be considering uh, from your socks to, you know, base layers, rain jackets, the whole nine yards. Uh, but I'll give you my top five pieces. And these are all going to be obviously from First Light. That's what I wear, that's what I love. Uh, but whether you're loyal to another brand or not, these are the five things that you're going to want to have. For let's say archery elk or spring turkey, spring bear, Africa, or even early October bow hunting. I mean, we all know it can be pretty damn hot on October 1st. So hang tight for that. Uh, real quick though, I do want to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club. I'm a proud member, and here's why because in almost a decade of doing this, I've never found a group of people who were as passionate about hunters' rights, education, and conservation as the members of DSC. So come on, join in the effort, and you can check us out at biggame.org to do so. Uh, All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go ahead and discuss those mild weather pieces that you need to have in your collection as far as hunting gear is concerned. And trust me, guys, I've been backpacking in New Mexico and other various places for about 17 years. I'm 37, and about the time that I turned 20, actually this will be 18 years, I guess, this September. But anyway, my dad and his buddies had started this backpacking trip, um, and the you know guys from the church that I grew up in, and they've been going to New Mexico for a long weekend for uh, 33 years now, I believe. And I've been fortunate enough to have been going ever since I turned 20. And when I first started, I wore jeans with long johns underneath. I probably had a pair of hand-me-down mittens from my dad if I needed gloves. And keep in mind, we went from anywhere from the first week of September 
through the last weekend of September. And, and by the last weekend of September, it could be pretty chilly. Uh, I've tried all different kinds of socks, 100% wool. Uh, you know, I've tried liners. I've tried blends. And just through trial and error, I've come to realize that there are certain things that I want. You can call them a luxury. Uh, I know that not everyone's budget is going to allow them to just go out and purchase a whole new uh, set of backcountry clothes. Uh, but if you can start adding one piece a season or, hey, pick up a pair of socks here and a jacket here, that's what I recommend you do. And like I said, the stuff I'm going to be referring to are specific to First Light, but all of the all the companies out there have something comparable. Now, it might not be First Light quality merino wool, uh, but you can do it on your own budget and, uh, and on your own time frame and, and to whatever company you're loyal to. Uh, but I, I do encourage you to check out First Light because they, they have the best products out there. I've tried a lot of them. And uh, I'm going to start with the first thing is the Obsidian Pant. Now, this is, uh, trust me, I tried to rip these to shreds while black bear hunting in uh, Montana a couple weeks ago. Bushwhacking was something that I thought I had done. No. When I was hunting with Luke Sterling up there, good buddy, and literally I needed a machete just to walk a foot. It was insane. And so when I got off the mountain after that first day, I was like, these pants are going to be completely shredded. Uh, but they weren't. And they're made out of ripstop merino wool. They're just heavy enough to keep you warm in the cool of the morning. Um, but also, you don't sweat profusely um, during the heat of the day. So a comfortable pant that's durable. They have they dry very quickly. So, I, you know, I'm, I sweat. I do. And, uh, and these things, um, they dry. And also, you know, you step in a stream. You've got to cross a stream or... Uh, you sit down in the dew in the early morning, whatever the case, um, these things dry very quickly and offer comfort and durability. And you're not going to get chafed like you would if you were wearing, like when I first started backpacking, blue jeans. <laughs> uh, so check those out. Then number two, the Vapor Stormlight Ultralight Rain Jacket. Why is this important? Well, obviously you need a rain jacket. Uh, but if you're tired of carrying some heavy ass North Face or, you know, name the brand rain jacket in your pack, check out the Vapor Stormlight. It weighs 12 ounces. It can actually be folded up into one of its pockets. It's got a hood. Um, what else did I like about this? Oh, so sitting there in Montana, I'm literally getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. And I don't want to wear bug spray while I'm hunting because bug spray stinks. And I try to keep it as natural as possible. I firmly believe that my BO is going to offend uh, an animal less than some chemical like bug spray, which is never going to be found uh, in the outdoors. Um, and so, anyway, my buddy's getting eaten alive, going back to Luke here, just like bugs on his face, on his arms, everywhere. And I'm like, God, I'm getting bitten too. The mosquitoes up there were, were the size of dragonflies. And so I throw on that rain jacket it's 100 percent polyester and boom impenetrable to mosquitoes i put the hood on and uh yeah it was a little toasty about five o'clock in the afternoon but damn sure a lot better than getting eaten alive by mosquitoes also it rained for two days and that thing kept me high and dry uh, so whatever brand you're loyal to a lightweight rain jacket is a must for the backcountry or 
early season archery, uh, whitetails. I mean, whatever the case, I would certainly have one in my pack or um, in the truck somewhere that's easily accessible. The third thing on my list is, and these aren't really in any particular order. These are just my top five most important pieces. Uh, you're going to need some kind of short sleeve merino wool base layer. And the thing about merino wool is it's going to keep you warm in the cool mornings and, and certainly as temperatures drop in the evenings. And it's going to keep you cool in the heat of the day. That's how merino wool works. First light does merino wool better than anyone else. And they've got the new arrow wool wick, a short sleeve shirt. And um, so I put it this way. If temperatures are in the 80s, I'm sweating, especially if I'm moving. If I have a pack on, uh, my back is going to be sweaty, and it's sometimes profuse sweating. <laughs> so that's what I love about this merino wool, the arrow wool, specifically is uh, once you take that pack off, you're, it's, you're drying out immediately. And that's important because when you're packing in, say, seven, eight miles, and you're counting every ounce, you don't want to have to take three or four different shirts. I mean, literally, you can get by on one or two shirts for an entire week in the backcountry without a problem. Um, and if you're carrying a 50-pound pack on your back, that's something that you're going to be thinking about. Uh, so you're going to need that that uh, merino wool base layer. If you want to go long sleeves, that's up to you. I wouldn't during the early season just because temperatures, I mean, sometimes it can be 90 degrees. Where I'm going in New Mexico in September, uh, there's a good chance it'll be 85 to 90 in the middle of the day. And so I'll be going short sleeves for sure. Uh, quick drying, like I said. And First Light's version is uh, odor resistant. It's not odor proof. That's not really a thing, by the way. Uh, even though some companies might tell you it is. It's not. But it's odor resistant. And trust me, as someone who sweats a lot, that's important. Uh, number four is some kind of lightweight to midweight jacket. So once you've got your merino wool base layer, you're going to want to add that jacket to keep you warm safe temperatures are you know, upper 40s or 50s in the morning certainly dropping back down to that range in the evenings you're going to want a jacket that is going to keep you warm but not really make you sweat in the morning when you're hiking to uh, you know wherever you're trying to intercept that animal because that will get you cold and so the sawtooth Hybrid jacket. It's 300 gram merino wool. Here's the cool thing. Why it's called the uh, sawtooth hybrid is because it's also got nylon panels in the chest to block the wind. And they thought of everything because it's merino wool in the back because that's where your pack's going to be. That's where you're most likely going to be sweating. Or if you're sitting in a tree, that's where you're, you're going to be retaining heat because your back is up against that tree. Uh, so check it out. It is the sawtooth hybrid jacket. It has a hood. It literally is the most comfortable piece of hunting gear that I've ever owned, and uh, and I've owned quite a bit. Uh, so I recommend the uh, the Sawtooth Hybrid. But like I said, whatever company you're loyal to, hey, just make sure that you've got a midweight merino wool jacket in your arsenal. Uh, okay, uh, last thing. <laughs> this is this is important, and uh, and I've had. And some of y'all have probably heard this because I've talked about it over the years, but I've had black toe where I was elk hunting for a week and it rained every single day. And while I had, you know, the latest and greatest Gore-Tex and my boots were waterproof, it doesn't matter. If you're taking 
every single step in six inches of water, your feet are going to get wet. And when that happens, your toenails start to get soggy. And then over the course of a week, well, uh, your toenail turns black and then a month later falls off completely. And that's bad, bad news. And I actually had to, to quit that hunt. It was a solo hunt in uh, New Mexico. And I had to get off the mountain a day early because my feet just were in such bad shape that I was worried I wouldn't be able to walk out if I didn't leave right then. Uh, so I have since started paying way more attention to my socks and also make sure that you get your boots at least a half size too big because when you're going downhill, that's when your toes will be smashing against the front of your boots. And that impact coupled with a lack of proper foot care, you know, like I said, if you're in the mountains for a week, um, that will cause your toenails to fall off. Uh, it will absolutely destroy them. So the Mountain Athlete Triad Sock is one that I highly recommend. It is a three-layer seamless construction build. Um, and here's the thing. Your feet are going to sweat. There's no way around that. But you've got to have a merino wool. And that's the thing that's going to dry out the fastest. While also trying to keep your feet as dry as possible. Uh, like I said, the sweat is going to be a factor. Uh, but you need to have that merino wool or at least a, a blend. A usually nylon blend uh, to help whisk that moisture away as much as can be done, you know, while they're locked up tight in a boot. It is what it is. Uh, but the uh, Mountain uh, Athlete Triad also has extra padding. Um, it's got a constrictive or tightening mechanism right above your ankle. It keeps that sock snugged to your the back of your calf instead of drooping all the way down on your boot. Um, and, and there's plenty of great socks out there, great companies. That's the one that that I love from first light and, uh, and truly, truly a sock is as important as any of these other pieces of clothing, because if your feet go, you go, that's it. Hunt is over. So there you have it. My five essential pieces for early season elk, um, opening weekend of bow season, spring Turkey, spring bear, or in my case, Africa, that's the stuff that I'm taking to South Africa this week. Um, and you can check all, all of those items out by visiting firstlight.com. And uh, if you're loyal to another brand, you're not going to hurt my feelings. But I would look for something similar in your preferred brand's lineup. Um, but <laughs> do yourself a favor and, and at least give First Light a look. Uh, that segment of the presentation, by the way, brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging Technology. If you want to change the game under the cover of darkness and you better believe I'll be taking my Helion to New Mexico. Why am I doing that? Because when I'm heading into an area, even though I'm going to be bow hunting, I will have that monocular and I'll be scanning as I'm walking into an area in the dark every morning so that I won't blow animals out. And it, it doesn't even have to be an elk. I mean, there might be three or four mule deer in front of me that I don't know are there that are going to blow the elk out and ruin things for me. So it's the Pulsar Helion. 1,400-yard detection range. It's got internal recording as well, and you can find it at PulsarNV.com. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break, come back, fire up the smoker, and talk some meat with hardcore carnivore founder Jess Priles right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Ain't no remedy that's ever gonna kill me. Take it while it comes, cause it don't last long. Hesitate at the moments 
you have a hog problem at your ranch or deer lease, we have the solution. The System Hog Trap comes in two sizes, 17-foot and 30-foot diameter traps. After you trap the hogs, take the top section off the trap and use it for another feeder site to keep the hogs away from the feeder. The System is both a trap and a deer food plot fence. That way you don't waste your money on just a hog trap. Call 940-391-3669 or visit www.goinfencing.com. That's goinfencing.com. Cable Smith here for Deerview Windows. As a whitetail hunter, nothing is more frustrating than poor visibility in a deer blind. It can flat ruin a hunt. At Deerview Window Company, they manufacture windows solely for the use in deer stand and deer blinds. All of their windows and doors can be custom made to fit your specific openings. Or you can select from standard sizes, from hinged windows to sliding windows and everything in between. Visit DeerviewWindows.com to determine which style window is best for your deer blind. Plus, you'll get a free quote. Deerview Windows, where visibility matters. Howdy friends, Cable Smith here, and many of you have seen my pictures throughout the last hunting season of my custom 7 mag. That rifle was built by Horizon Firearms. Horizon Firearms is a custom rifle builder here in Texas, located in College Station, and they specialize in extremely accurate custom rifles designed exactly the way you want them. Give them a call at 979-229-4664 or check them out at horizonfirearms.com. Have you had the frustration of trying to mount your game camera to a T-post with zip ties or bailing wire, but the first time you check it, find it pointing at the ground? I have. My name is Art Greep with Gunny Art Products. I'm the inventor of Teammate, the T-post game camera mount. Teammate is a rugged steel bracket. Just attach your camera to it, slip it over a T-post, and latch it in place. Teammate will end your zip tie and bailing wire frustration. Order yours today at tpostmount.com. That's tpostmount.com. This is Steven Ranella, and I'm the host of Meat Eater, the show on Sportsman Channel. Thanks for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Eat steak, eat steak, eat a big old steer. Eat steak, eat steak, do we have one deer? Eat beef, 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 it's a mighty good food. It's a great aim meal when I'm in the mood. Reverend Horton eats steak, and it had to be, I mean, really, it had to be that tune, because we're all set to visit with Jess Priles of Hardcore Carnivore, respected author, uh, foodie, chef, and let's just say meat ambassador, Um, so excited to visit with, with Jess who uh, hasn't been hunting that long, but has totally embraced that lifestyle. And a fascinating story is she's not from around here, (laughs) but uh, we welcome her with open arms. And we'll jump into it with Jess momentarily. But first, if you are thinking about grilling or or smoking this weekend, then you need to check out All Season Speeders lineup of backyard smokers, grills, and barbecue pits. And uh, let me tell you, there's nothing better than smoking a spring turkey. Yeah, people say gobblers are tough. Smoke one on the all-seasons pit, and it will blow your mind. And you can find all of that, their entire lineup, at allseasonsfeeders.com. All right, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it here with Jess Priles, who joins us now from Austin, Texas. Jess Priles, creator of Hardcore Carnivore, uh, something that I think you and I can relate to. Jess, thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm super thrilled to get to chat. It's one of my favorite topics. So you're not originally from Texas, but I guess you got here as fast as you could. 
<laughs> I was going to say, like, if you weren't going to make the line, I was going to say the line. But, yeah, I'm originally from Australia, and I, I technically moved about three years ago, but I've been traveling to Texas for about eight years back and forth um, before I kind of made the final move. So by the time I moved, I was pretty familiar with, especially Austin, and I feel like I've come a, I've become a very good honorary Texan in terms of barbecue and hunting and driving a truck and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I am interested. I've never been to Australia, but what is the cooking culture like back home compared to here? I mean, we have an incredible like culinary scene in terms of like nice restaurants and and really cool things happening, and we have a lot of amazing Asian food given the proximity. But when it comes to barbecue, traditionally. It, you know, when you hear people say, put a shrimp on the barbie, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was just like a terrible flat top grill that didn't really, you know, you'd kind of burn some sausages and that's what barbecuing was. And over the last few years, low and slow, like Texas style or American style smoking and, and low and slow cooking has become really, really popular down there, but it's still a very new movement. Hmm. So um, they're still kind of looking to the U.S. for a lot of a lot of that stuff and a lot of what goes on. Okay. And so when did you start your journey as a, a meat ambassador? And by that, I mean, you know, how did you end up where you are as a respected member of the, the culinary and certainly barbecue and, and cooking world? So I started, it, it really started with that old, you know, girl meets beef, girl falls in love with beef kind of story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had my first taste of Texas barbecue probably like 10 years ago now or 11 years ago now. And it was like nothing I'd ever tasted before. And to kind of cut a long story short, part of the journey of learning more about how that barbecue was made and why I couldn't get brisket in Australia or what I thought was brisket, I ended up inadvertently learning a bunch about beef and ranching and the industry and butchery. And I just found all of that stuff fascinating. I'm not a trained chef. Um, I have no like formal culinary education, never worked in a kitchen. Um, it was well, you shouldn't because it sucks. <laughs> I'm just someone who loves to eat, and, and it translated really well. And, and I, I guess more relevant for your listeners, one of the big things for me when I moved to Texas and I was talking a lot about brisket and beef and barbecue and kind of becoming, I guess, a meat advocate, you know, we would see deer walk through suburban Austin, and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, look how cute that farm is. And even though I visited slaughterhouses, I realized that, you know, I, I – the next level for me was actually being able to harvest it myself. That was important to me to prove that I could do that to myself. Otherwise, I had no business talking about it. Kind of like how I feel like people who won't even handle raw meat should probably not be eating it, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't know if they'd survive in a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's why I kind of went hunting for the first time. Um, and I, I personally only low fence hunt, and it was just it was one of the most incredible experiences. I actually wrote out the experience on my website. You can read a whole article about it. But since then, uh, one of the, the the self sufficiency is what appealed to me. But one of the biggest things for me is that I process all my own deer, and I've really enjoyed coming to learn how to cut that a little bit differently. Instead mm-hmm. of just making jerky and sausage or jerky and gra- ground venison. I really enjoy challenging myself with like unusual recipes and not just bacon wrapping everything. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and we actually talked a little bit about that on last week's show and there's a lot of flavor in the bone. And when you leave the meat on the bone, you know, a lot of times I think that adds a whole element that you're missing if you just grind up the whole deer, you know? Yeah. I mean, technically speaking and not to like shatter everyone's dreams, but cooking something on the bone, like with a steak, um, 
it may be psychosomatic, like scientifically it doesn't actually change anything, but when you're braising things, which is a lot of the time what we do with venison, especially. Oh, shanks um, are my favorite. Exactly. So when you are braising, then it for sure makes a difference because you're getting all that marrow and all that stuff out of the bone. Uh-huh. So, oh, yeah, yeah I, um, I actually smoke and then braise the shanks, and they're so, so underrated. Yeah. Well, so you go back to that. You said you don't want to shatter anyone's dreams. But so, like, uh, if I come to a nice restaurant and I order the $700 tomahawk chop, you know, that there's, they're really proud of, uh, that's really not adding any flavor by them, by them bringing it out on the bone. No, it's, it's like a, it, it, it's kind of showing off, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's comparing sizes kind of thing. <laughs> um, I feel like, Honestly, I, I I do a lot of talking to meat industry at conferences and what have you, and I say to them, like, this is the power of social media. If you thought that 12 years ago, if I told you that the consumer was going to be willing to pay, like, a premium for seven extra inches of inedible bone, you would have laughed at me. And that's exactly what's kind of happened. It just looks cool. It doesn't do anything at all to the flavor. Yeah. So the best thing I can tell you is if you're ever in a restaurant, it just, again, in terms of that hot and fast cooking, um, if anything, it just sort of helps protect the meat during the cook. But if the cook knows what they're doing, then that doesn't matter anyway. Mm-hmm. So save yourself the money and order the boneless cut. I guarantee mm-hmm. you it'll be as delicious. I never do get that tomahawk. I'm always like, I look at the dollar. It's, <laughs> I was exaggerating, but it's like sometimes 200 bucks, you know, you can get a filet oh, yeah. for a great filet for, you know, a third of that. So, uh, I always go for the filet anyway. Uh, so, what percentage of your diet is non-animal based? Because I, I'm I'm probably at like eighty to eighty-five percent animal protein, and I'm kind of mm-hmm. transitioning towards that you know the carnivore diet, um, mm-hmm. well, carnivore and Lone Star beer anyway. But uh, <laughs> I can help you out with that for sure. <laughs> I do a lot of work with Lone Star. So oh, I mean, they're well, they're the presenting sponsor of our show. Yeah. Oh well, they are. Yeah. So I do a lot of cooking events with them, and it makes a lot of sense. So oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I think it's established that we both drink Lone Star, but um, you know, I'm an omnivore, so I I eat meat every day. I don't have meatless Mondays. I say are like my days I eat chicken. Right. But uh, which is meat? I, <laughs> it, yeah, right. But it's like the gateway meat, you know? Yeah. The way to ease yourself in. So I don't really have um, – I do eat meat every single day. As far as going on the full carnivore diet, I I do love cheese and carbs too much to probably do that because, again, for me, it's about being just a lover of food. Mm-hmm. But I do know someone who was on – just cautionary tale. I do know someone who was on the carnivore diet, and they were sticking to it really strictly, and it was really working out for them, and they felt great, and they were losing weight. And they had one blowout night, just one. Um, with like pizza and some other stuff and got gout immediately. Oh, really? So if you're going to try it, just stick with your convictions uh, to not get ill, I guess. I think I'm going to write a book about the carnivore Lone Star beer diet. I think that would be a, a, a probably a New York Times I think I'd like seller. to read that. <laughs> I, I mean, clearly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is your, obviously beef is your your favorite animal to work with, but you moved to Texas. You got into hunting. Um, is whitetail your favorite wild game to work with in the kitchen? It, it is for sure. I mean, all red meat is my favorite, but yeah, whitetail. I don't. I don't love hog, and I do have that thing about only hunting what I'll actually eat. Having said that, I'd be happy feeding hog to my dog, and that's a great sustainable way 
Um, to deal with something like that feral hog problem, I had a hunting guide in New Mexico ask me about Audad once. And he's like, they're just so stinky. I don't know how you unstink that. And how do I ethically hunt them or take people on hunts when the meat's just so awful on some of them? And I think that, honestly, like turning it into pet food is is a great solution for that. But, yeah, for me, it comes down to to whitetail. I've been lucky enough to get some low-fence access, and mm. it's very, very special. But I don't know, maybe I feel like because we were raised eating lamb in Australia, we eat a lot of lamb, that Australian palate is more used to gamey flavors because I've never had a whitetail that I would consider really gamey. Yeah, yeah. So... Oh, I love lamb. And so, you know, once in a while I'll I'll buy some lamb chops and throw them on the grill and my wife will be like, well, how does this taste like a barnyard? Yeah. <laughs> and she likes to eat. Yep. I mean, she's very adventurous. She eats all the wild game. You know, I'd say we eat probably 80% wild game here. Uh, we yeah. do eat chicken and then uh, the occasional uh, steak, but once in a while lamb chop. But yeah, like she thinks whitetail is much more mild than, than lamb even, which I thought was crazy. Okay, well, I'm glad to know that I'm not alone on that one. Yeah. <laughs> she agrees with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so most of your experience is with smoking, grilling. Um, how did that lead to the formation of, of hardcore carnivore? So I, uh, you know, what what I did when I moved to the state is, you know, I had, I had learned a bunch about barbecue by – um, just research and following chefs, and that led to meat in general. And I was publishing everything that I was learning on my website. And I had this idea to do this charcoal-based rub. I'd seen that activated charcoal as a as an ingredient um, before, but I'd never seen it applied the way that I had it in my mind mm-hmm. to do it. So I kind of started looking at some minimums <laughs> for for having this thing produced. Because at the time, I didn't have any strategy to kind of build this business around it. Everything that I've done has been an organic kind of growth of, hey, I'm a meat eater, and I think this will be really cool for meat eaters. Not, I want to make money, and this is my strategy to do it. Right. It was, you know, the investment was reasonable enough that I thought, if this fails, everyone gets a Christmas present with my name on it. (laughs) And uh, luckily enough, you know, other people enjoyed uh, enjoyed what I enjoyed about it, and it's taken off. So black is the first one in the line, and then we introduced a red, and then we introduced Amplify earlier this year, which is actually made with chicken fat powder, because, again, talking about that significance of animal proteins and how flavorsome they are. Um, they're all MSG-free. They're all gluten-free. And then I've added to the line, like, with merchandise, and I've got a steak fork that I imported that I uh, produce that's a little bit different to other ones that you've seen. And we've got some brisket knives and hats and pins. And, and who doesn't want a T-shirt that says Hardcore Carnivore on it? That's what I'm saying. Right? right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. it's really grown, and I'm constantly on the lookout for kind of new flavors and new products to add in there, but only if they kind of make sense, you know? Uh-huh. And so and, and you mentioned you don't have any formal culinary training, but yet you've got this uh you've got a cookbook out as well. I do. I do. Um I guess it gets to the stage where you wonder, all right, you know, people ask me, well what do you actually do for a living? And I introduce myself as a professional carnivore because <laughs> this is what I do for a living and whether it's, you know, teaching a class or cooking an event with Lone Star or 
um, you know, developing a new rub or working on merchandise that's meat related. Everything that I do is meat related. So that's where I come up with that kind of line. And part of that for me was, you know, having put in the years, it was, it was, I'd got enough recipes under my belt and I attracted a publisher in Australia and it came out there, the UK and New Zealand first, and then went to, um, and then went to uh, America. It came out in the U.S. early this year. And the big thing about the book, I should say, is this. It's, uh, it's not just grilling and barbecue. I think that especially you'll agree if you're talking about shanks, that there's so many different cuts if you just look at venison itself. And those different cuts deserve to be treated in different ways. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't pan sear everything. You shouldn't smoke everything. So I wanted to do a meat cookbook for meat lovers that best showcases the different ways that you can do it. So there's braising and frying and smoking and grilling and roasting and all kinds of different methods in there. And it's a pretty functional cookbook in that it's supposed to be kept in your kitchen and referred to often. It's not just about sort of, here's how you use the heart and here's how you can make your own haggis. Like there's no really weird kind of (laughs) polarizing recipes in there. Yeah. Although I have seen heart on your page. so I know you're not opposed to that. Um, Well, Right, yeah. Let's do this. Let's just take a quick break, come back. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, dry aging your own steak or venison. And then there's some crazy-looking duck fat thing on there that i got to talk to you about as well. So uh, (laughs) can you stick around for another minute? I'd love to. Excellent. And that uh, segment brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. You know, land, that's the one thing they're not making any more of, my friends. So if you're looking to finance your own Slice of paradise, whether that's for recreational purposes, hunting, ranching, or just uh, a getaway. When you get out of the concrete jungle on the weekends, let Lone Star Ag Credit help you finance your piece of Texas today. They've been doing it for over 100 years. Go to LoneStarAgCredit.com. We'll be right back with more from the hardcore carnivore, Jess Pryles. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoors Show. Grave digger. When you dig my grave, would you make it shallow so I can feel Have you had the frustration of trying to mount your game camera to a T-post with zip ties or bailing wire, but the first time you check it, find it pointing at the ground? I have. My name is Art Greep with Gunny Art Products. I'm the inventor of Teammate, the T-post game camera mount. Teammate is a rugged steel bracket. Just attach your camera to it, slip it over a T-post, and latch it in place. Teammate will end your zip tie and bailing wire frustration. Order yours today at tpostmount.com. That's tpostmount.com. Cable here, and we all know that the North Texas weather plays for keeps. That's why you should call my childhood baseball buddy, Phil, with Tech City Roofing. Tech City is a one-stop shop for your roofing needs, offering a 10-year transferable warranty. They don't require money up front or a down payment. They deal directly with your insurance company. Tech City is insured and has an A-plus rating with the BBB. Call Phil Marler at 940-600-8221 for a free inspection. Or email him at phil at techcityroofing.com. That's my lifelong bud, Phil, with Tech City Roofing at 940-600-8221. In the market for a compact track loader? Then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at bobcatadvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. 
Visit BobcatOfDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. I couldn't wait to do my sentence. I broke out of the Nashville jail. I just crossed the line of Georgia And I can hear them bloodhounds on my trail I wash my hands I wash my hands in muddy waters That is the great stone wall Jackson bringing us back On the Lone Star Outdoor Show Powered by Dallas Safari Club Cable Smith here with you Thank you so much for tuning in today uh, thanks to our presenting sponsors as well, Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris. We are talking about one of my favorite things today, and that is meat. <laughs> Killing it, cooking it, eating it, all of it. I don't care. I just want to get my hands on meat and then put it in my mouth. And that might sound kind of odd, but isn't that what has made humans tick since the dawn of time? I mean, killing and eating flesh? Uh, absolutely it is. And so we're visiting with our friend Jess Priles, the hardcore carnivore this morning. But before we pick it back up with Jess, this segment of the presentation is proudly brought to you by John X Safaris, a second generation safari company based out of the Eastern Cape of South Africa. I am headed there next week. I'll be chasing Kudu, Impala, Warthog, Inyala, and who knows what else on this Plains Game Safari. Uh, this will be my second year going. And let me tell you, I wouldn't be going back if it wasn't the trip of a lifetime. And I encourage you to check out John X Safaris if you're at all interested in someday hunting the dark continent. And you can do so by visiting their website. It's johnxsafaris.co.za. All right. Well, picking things up here with Jess Priles, who was nice enough to stick around. Uh, Jess, certainly appreciate you doing so. Of course. I'm having a blast. Thank you. Absolutely. So... Lots of uh, mouth-watering stuff on your Instagram, which I told you off the air was as how ultimately I found you. And uh, one thing that kind of caught my eye, and I just I've got to figure out how this is made and, and what its flavor profile is, because it, it sounds amazing. Salted duck fat caramel with vanilla bourbon. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're killing me. I got to have. A, I got to get some of that in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, I love finding different ways to use, I, of course, especially with, when you're a hunter, you want to try and use as much of the animal as possible. And um, the original recipe for those caramels was made with, um, you know, raised duck fat. And, of course, wild game is going to be a little bit more pronounced. But generally, duck fat on the whole is really, really neutral in flavor and just has this incredible silky texture. Um, and so it makes a great base by, from which to then make caramels. Uh, and also, vanilla bourbon is super simple. You basically buy fresh vanilla beans, split them, and dump them in a bottle of bourbon. And that's effectively how you make your own vanilla extract at home, mm. too. Mm. And so, as far as the <laughs> taste, I mean, it, out of all the things on your page, that was one that was like, golly, I need to, I need to try that. Is it sweet? Uh, I mean, it's, like, it's candy. It's 100% candy. It doesn't <laughs> have any... 
duck fat. Yeah, candy. it doesn't have any. Um, that's what I said about the duck fat being neutral. Yeah. It doesn't have any kind of meaty flavors to it. Mm. The salted is just the same as any salted caramel. It's just to kind of balance the sweetness of it. But you won't know. You wouldn't know that it's made with animal proteins. It's just got a. Uh, or animal fats. It's just got this incredible kind of silkiness to it that comes from the the poultry fats. Huh. But I try and render my own tallow as much as possible. In fact, I know you're wanting to talk about dry aging, and I just cut up a a big um, subprimal that I was aging and roasted the bones, made dry aged beef stock, and then took all the fat and made my own tallow. I try and do that as much as possible because it's so good to cook with. Amazing. Oh yeah. Well, so I was just curious because like my mom. Will not eat mm-hmm. wild game. She's like just totally disgusted by it. She'll eat meat. She, she, you know, but she wants spaghetti with like meat sauce made out of cow instead of deer. And uh, about I don't know, it had to be ten years ago, we shot some sandhill cranes and I made these kebabs and uh, told her it was filet mignon. And uh, it has a if you haven't had sandhill crane, they don't really when you think of cranes you think of they're eating like uh, aquatic you know, crustaceans and fish and all this. No, they eat like, you know, agriculture, just like cattle. Huh. So it tastes like beef to me. And so I fed it to her and she thought, oh, this is great. You know, the whole family was over and, the, the you know, they kind of all knew what it was except for her. And then once she was finished eating it, I showed her a picture of a sandal crane. I was like, this is what you ate. It was me smiling there holding the crane, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she was so disgusted. So I'm wondering if I could, you know, that's why I was like, I bet I could feed her that, that, uh, Duck fat, caramel, vanilla, bourbon. 100%. And, and you can use all of those, like, tallows to, like, roast potatoes and what have you, and it won't taste like – it'll just taste kind of umami and rich and mm. and phenomenal. So mm-hmm. you, I think you can definitely pull a lot more shady tricks with your mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, you're into self-dry-aging your steaks at home, it looks like, um, most recently to the tune of 150 days. And i got to be honest – when you look at that, that looks disgusting. Unlike the mm-hmm. salted duck fat caramel, uh, that looks really gross. Now, you can order <laughs> dry-aged steaks at a restaurant. They're going to look gross, mm-hmm. too, not probably to that degree. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've heard of a 150-day dry-aged steak even at a, a nice steakhouse. Well, when you so there's a reason, and that's just because it's cost prohibitive for you to buy it as a consumer. Um, you lose too much. So the, I have to say this. The reason that that went to 150 days is if any of y'all follow me on Instagram or follow along on social media or decide to, you'll see how kind of insane my schedule is. Right. And truth be told, like, I probably would have pulled that at 100 or 125. Um, but life gets ahead of you and you're like, well, I don't just want to eat it on a Monday night. I want to have people around for this amazing kind of steak experience. So, uh-huh. you know, you find the right occasion for it. Um the whole process of dry aging was incredibly interesting to me, and I did a lot of research up at the Certified Angus Beef Facility in Worcester, Ohio, because the other element that's really important that I think we get away with a lot in game, um, which you don't get away as much with beef, is making sure it's done safely. I had a lot of people messaging me in the lead-up to like last holiday season where they don't know what dry aging is, but they've heard of it. So mm-hmm. they were like, oh, I'm picking up my prime rib for my butcher. Can I just like put it in the fridge for, for five days until Christmas? And that's not what dry aging is. And so we kind of set about writing this definitive article for how to do it at home. And there's a 3,000-word guide on my website. But effectively, it's controlled decomposition where you do promote the growth of certain molds because mm-hmm. just like you would in gorgonzola or any kind of blue cheese, it enhances kind of these beefy, nutty flavors. And at the same time, 
there's water loss from the muscle, so you intensify the flavor. When we talk about dry aging um, for game, you couldn't take a deer that far because you just don't have enough fat on it and you don't have enough physical size in the muscles. You'd just sort of be left with a crisp of jerky at the end of it. Right. Um, but there also is an idea about tenderness uh, as well. And in fact, all beef is hung for a certain amount of time because of, of that tenderness advantage too. So if you can age your 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 deer, your venison, even for seven days, you're going to see a noted difference in the tenderness, but you won't get any like true dry aging notes as you do with beef until you're looking at about 28 days or more. Hmm. Um, I've also been trying to do some pretty interesting research into that dry aging. I know some people leave like the skin on um, and just eviscerate or feel dressed so that you're not having as much loss on the outside of your carcass. Um, if you do that, you know, what I'm trying to look into is things like spraying the hide with lactic acid, which is what they use in processing plants for beef hides to, to retard the growth of bacteria. So that, because obviously we all know that there's so much bacteria on the hide itself. Um, but if you, if you, if you've eviscerated the animal and you're hanging in the cool room and the hide with the ticks and the, the bacteria and the dust and everything is still on there, you're still potentially contaminating the meat. Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to look into what kind of sprays will alleviate that or if you should um, skin it. And I, I just find the whole thing really, really fascinating. Oh, hell, I would just take the skin off. I mean, that just, uh, like all the things you mentioned there, uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, then that's why I work with meat scientists about it because I have the theory and that's one thing. But uh -huh. if I go and speak to like Dr. David Griffin at Texas A&M has been doing a lot of stuff with me and he's the one who suggested that that lactic acid concept actually might work really well because mm. it should kill everything that's on there, but it's a natural acid. So it's not like I'm spraying it with, you know, high, extreme hydrochloric acid and it's going to burn through the hydrogen. Sure, sure. Well, and lactic acid is like what uh, a lot of people take. Like, say you go on a two-week trip to Alaska and you down a caribou, well, they'll they'll coat it in that, or uh, yeah. you know, lemon juice. Same, or, that's the know. same concept. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. And that's where they get it from. It's because it's used in larger processing plants for the same for for beef production. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, we also had a. I don't know if you know Hank Shaw or not. Prospected. Uh, yeah. Wild game chef. Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about uh, dry aging on the show previously, but uh, really focus more on wet aging, um, and uh, that's also an option. You know, you can do with with venison. But as far as like what I, what I want to know is what is your setup? So you've, you're doing this at home. Um, what are what are the elements that are in play as far as you know keeping a, a sterile environment that only really fosters the growth of those certain molds that you're looking for? So uh, it's a great question, and this is that big cutoff between beef and venison, too, because if you're going to do it for venison, you need a walking cooler. You need to hang the animal pretty much whole. Um, for beef, I can get subprimals in, so let's say a whole prime rib or whole strip loin or shell, as we call them. Um, so I have a little beverage fridge that has only ever been used for aging meat. I sterilized it when I got it. There's a fan in there, um, a, a humidity and temperature gauge. So you have to keep it under a certain temperature. You have to keep it within a certain humidity level. And after that, pretty much the rule of thumb is that any any mold that grows, as long as it's not black, is fine. That's where you start getting into, like, super nerdy, just like with beers or wine, like terroir and how much hop is in there or what have you. 
the different colors and strains of mold are going to affect the flavor that you're dealing with. And obviously, we don't eat this mold. It gets trimmed back before it. But even if it didn't, we would be cooking it to the point where that mold would be dead mm-hmm. anyway. You know? Well, that's where it goes from this disgusting, blackish-green-looking piece of <laughs> rotten meat to the best-looking piece of steak you've ever seen. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty simple set. It's it's a simple, but it's still an expensive setup for home. It's expensive because you need a dedicated fridge. Um, it, you just really need to be controlling your humidity, which controls the rate at which the aging happens. And there's a lot of implications, like you don't want the muscles to separate from drying out too quickly, and you don't want that black mold to grow. And if you do, you have to kind of chunk everything and and disinfect your fridge and kind of start again. But for the application for venison or, or any wild game would be the problem is like I said you need to walk in and the thing with wet aging just in case Hank didn't cover it because I do talk about this as well is wet aging is only ever affects tenderness it doesn't ever affect taste like what we talk about dry aging right. um, if it does affect taste it's adversely because it's it's sitting in its own kind of bio juices in this pack and it if will eventually start to break taste, down. you wet aged it too long. <laughs> yeah. And so basically the rule of thumb is there, there's no scientific evidence that anything over 28 days is worth, is worth going longer than that when it comes to any kind of wet aging. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right on, right on. Well, uh, let me ask you a couple more things. What is the best wild game that you've eaten? And it doesn't even have to be something that you've cooked, but I'm talking about species. You could say white-tailed deer, I'd probably tell you in Eland, uh, shot one in South Africa, and uh, and we ate. Here's some cool things: we ate a uh, smoked Eland tongue as an appetizer, and then wow. you've obviously heard of oxtail soup. We had Eland tail soup, with like in a like stewed, and that was probably my favorite thing that we had in the in the whole ten days I was over there. But what is your number one? Awesome. Um, I had some pretty amazing red deer in New Zealand. Uh, the the size that the deer get is. It, it is pretty comparable to beef, I have to say, but it's got that real wonderful kind of, it's just more, what's the word I'm looking for? It's got a like more layers of flavor and more complexity to it, which I really enjoy. So I'm not necessarily about, I definitely do try everything at least once, but I'm not probably not quite as adventurous as you in terms of, oh my gosh, seen it on the menu and must eat it. And I can tell you, <laughs> like, for example, kangaroo is not one of the greatest meats out there. <laughs> Well, uh, we'll we'll take you on a mountain lion hunt. We'll set that up, and we'll uh, we'll cook the heart and see how you think that is. All right, I'm game. <laughs> Last question: What is the one animal on your bucket list that you haven't had the chance to hunt, but you want to? Um, well, as I said, I mean, I get I get what it is for a lot of your listeners. For me, I'm just I'm. I'm super comfortable with being macro. For me, it's about hunting in Texas and hunting what requires culling. So um, I'm just super happy anytime I get to take a deer. Like that, that's good enough for me. Right on, right on. I well, know that's a boring answer. But, that's okay. You know. That's okay. You know, there's trophy <laughs> hunters, there's meat hunters, and there's a combination of both. So yeah, it's uh. Why don't you wrap things up here by giving us your website, your social media outlets? All the good stuff where folks can follow along, check out the cookbook or uh, rubs or any other things of that nature. Well, thank you. Well, the book is called Hardcore Carnivore, and it is on Amazon, but you can also go to hardcorecarnivore.com and see the book, the rubs, and all the other merch that we were talking about, and, of course, those T-shirts. Um, and then my website is jesspryles.com, J-E-S-S-P-R-Y-L-E-S, 
that's also the handle on all the social medias, and you'll see recipes and info, and would sure love you all to follow along. Awesome. Well, I do. I, I recommend that everyone else does, Jess. It's been a real pleasure, and uh, I look forward to sharing a Lone Star beer with you sometime over a big heaping plate of some kind of meat. Well, that sounds perfect. <laughs> all right. Take care. Thank you. All right. The hardcore carnivore, Jess Pryles. Interesting stuff there. And uh, I've, I've definitely done the wet aging, haven't taken the plunge, and started dry aging my own venison. And to be honest with you, um, I don't really buy a lot of beef anyway, but I do like a good steak if I go to a steakhouse. And uh, dry aging is something that certainly fascinates me. It just looks so disgusting <laughs> to think about the meat just growing mold on it and that making it actually taste better, which it does. And uh, and I've had it, and man, whew, phenomenal. 150 days, though. That's pretty pretty intense. So uh, cool stuff there from Jess. Uh, that segment of the show brought to you by Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue, where you can stop in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner and enjoy Rudy's True Texas-style barbecue. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk Cerakoting Firearms and uh, bulk ammunition sales with Trent Gilly of OverstocksAndBargains.com. You're listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. So I got my daddy's name stitched across my chest. And now I can drop a man from about two clicks. I wonder if he's proud of me yet. I've got my daddy's name stitched across my chest. Hey guys, Cable here, and I need to tell you about the Go Wild app. If you've experienced any kind of hatred on social media from anti-hunters, from tree huggers, and the like, then check out the growing Go Wild community. It's free, it's available for both iPhones and Android. It's a great place to trade hunting and fishing stories, recipes, and share some of those bragging board moments of your outdoor successes. Check it out. It's the Go Wild app. Available for both iPhones and Androids. Hey, hey, all you waterfowl junkies out there. Cable here for TX Duck Blinds. Highly durable and highly mobile customized duck blinds built by duck hunters for duck hunters. Each blind is built from solid steel by professional welders and field tested before shipment. A duck season will come and go, but guess what? Your TX Duck Blind is built to last. Customize yours today by calling 817 965 1306. You can also find them at texasduckblinds.com or check them out on Instagram and Facebook at TX Duck Blinds. Hey guys, Cable here for Chama Chairs. The Chama Chair is the all-terrain swivel chair designed out of necessity because the owners were tired of poor-performing hunting chairs. The Chama weighs less than 8 pounds, silently swivels 360 degrees, converts to a stool, has tear-resistant fabric, telescoping legs, and pivoting duck feet. The carrying bag even has accessory pockets and gun and bow straps. Chama Chairs is revolutionizing the hunting chair. It's literally making all other hunting chairs obsolete. And you can find them at chamachairs.com. A rock steady point. A covey rises. Over-unders ring out. Cable here for White Rock Upland Birds. An outfit Bell and I have hunted with many times. 
Whether you bring your bird dogs or use their polished pointers, hunting quail and pheasant on the White Rock Trophy Ranch is an experience to remember. Located 45 minutes from DFW in Italy, Texas, White Rock will waive the $150 guide fee if you mention the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Plus, save $25 off any package if you bring your own dogs. So grab your buddies and shotguns and call 972-880-9068 today. Hey, North Texas sports fans, this is Brian Spagnola, General Manager of Texas Motor Cars in Addison. My family's been in the car business for over 50 years, and I want to show you the difference in buying from a family-owned and operated business. TexasMotorCars.com is an awesome website that lets you do virtually all of your shopping online. We have a professional photographer that takes amazing photos, and we give you all the information that you'll need up front. You can even find out how much we will give you for your trade-in before you ever come in. I take pride in the fact you can come in, choose a car, and be out in less than an hour. We have financing rates starting at 1.79% on pre-owned vehicles and can help almost anybody. Please do yourself a favor. If you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle of any kind, give us a shot. Let me show you how easy buying a vehicle should be. Visit TexasMotorCars.com or come visit our 20,000-square-foot indoor showroom in Addison. Again, visit TexasMotorCars.com or call us at 1-888-9-TX-MOTORS. This is professional angler Gary Klein, and thank you for listening to Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'm on a boat map, troubles in a frying pan With the speckled belly goose in a mallard hand Gonna eat my bell, drink my toe Then gypsy dance with the Cajun moan Gypsy dance with the Cajun moan Our buddy William Clark Green down on the bayou Bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show Powered by Dallas Safari Club, Cable Smith Riding Shotgun with you today. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, whether you're tuned in on one of our radio affiliates or checking out the podcast, doesn't matter to me. I'm just glad that you are here. Uh, we are all set to talk a little coating. this phenomenon. Well, I don't really know if you can call it a phenomenon. This trend that we've seen in the firearms industry over the last 10 to 12 years, I'd say, is when coating has really taken off and uh, if you can protect your firearm, protect your investment, especially if you're someone who has it out in the elements on a regular basis or, you know, your everyday carry weapon, that thing is going to get scuffed up. So uh, coating is a great way to protect that firearm. And we're going to talk coating with our friend Trent Gilly of Overstocks and Bargains here momentarily. But before we do that, this segment of the presentation is proudly brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy in Marion, Texas. They've also got a location in San Antonio. Josh and Becky Gunther have been taking care of all of my mounts for going on almost eight years now. And it doesn't matter if it's a black bear or a mountain lion, whitetail, axis deer, other exotic, or even a trout. If I'm putting it on the wall, they are doing the taxidermy. Why? Because they are good people. More importantly, though, they're amazing taxidermists, and they answer the phone when I call. They give me a realistic turnaround time, none of that song and dance that I've had to deal with with other taxidermists. So check them out. You can find all of their work and contact info at gr8mounts.com. That's gr8mounts.com. All right, uh, well, let's go ahead and bring on our next guest. He joins us now in studio it's my pleasure to welcome Overstocks and Bargains, Trent Gilly, back to the show. Thank you for having us, man. We always enjoy coming out here. It's a pleasure. Pleasure. 
Uh, so folks probably remember our last discussion on Gander Mountain's bankruptcy and your liquidation of many of their assets, including ammunition, which of course you're now offering to uh, our listeners at deeply discounted prices. Um, but what I want to talk about today is Cerakoting firearms, among other things. But let's start there because um, you know, this is kind of a fad that's taken over in the last decade or so. Uh, but I was just doing a little research on Cerakoting, and it was actually developed in the 1980s by this company called NIC Industries as a means for the firearm industry to address the need for like a, a chemical resistant coating that was durable and thin. And why, so why do you think like the thickness or lack thereof is important when you're talking about uh, an application on a firearm? So for us, we, we kind of got into the Cerakoting aspect of the business, but a little bit by accident. Um, we bought a bunch of Gander Mountain gun ranges, mm-hmm. and what came with those gun ranges were a bunch of um, Gen 3, Glock 22, 40 cals, and some AR-15s, and they were all the beautiful Gander Mountain green color. <laughs> so we got these firearms in, and we started looking at them, and we decided the best path forward to make them sellable was to Cerakote them. Uh-huh. So we looked at subbing that process out and hiring someone to do it. And when I looked at the cost, it was just cheaper to create an in-house Cerakoting facility. So we did that, and um, we have Cerakoted over 60 guns. Um, they're all great-looking guns now. But the Cerakoting, I don't pretend to know a lot about it. I've got yeah. a consultant guy that comes in and does all that. Well, I don't know much um, about it either. So I was like, I think it's just powder coating that's cheap, and it's a way to make <laughs> an ugly gun not ugly anymore. But I think there's a lot more that goes into it. Uh, because actually that Cerakote is it's one one-thousandth of an inch thick. That's right. It's very, very thin. Which is important because you're talking about the moving parts on a firearm. Uh, which has to be completely disassembled, not field stripped. Right, it has to be completely disassembled, uh, like sandblasted, and then you know, then they can put the application on there. So we're still trying to figure out exactly how long it takes to do a firearm because uh-huh. we we do everything in house. Yeah, uh, we fully break the gun down. Um, it goes into acetone to um, degrease it. Degrease yeah. it, then it goes into the sandblaster. They blast on it for 30 or 40 minutes, and it goes back into the acetone. Then it goes into a paint booth, and then it goes into the oven. Right. right. So it's a process. Um, but for us, uh, most people that enter the Cerakote business do that as a result of trying to make money. Uh-huh. And we basically have a different cost basis for our equipment than most people because we're not, we weren't originally in it to make a profit. Yeah. Um, we did that. It was cheaper for us to buy the equipment. And we have the equipment. We have the skilled labor that's in the in-house. We have a great guy that's leading that that facility. And so we're going to offer that service to the public going forward. Nice. Um, we've got it. Our guys are trained up. They're ready to go. And, um, you know, it's it's a great thing because for me, I've got a bunch of old, ugly guns laying around my house that I don't want to be seen in public. But this Cerakote <laughs> process solves that. Yeah. You can bring us the ugly gun and you leave with a, a good-looking gun. That's protected. It's protected. Yeah. I, I watched mean, this video. Uh, they, they took two factory rifles into basically the woods in the Pacific Northwest. So lots of salt and humidity in there. And they left them there for 15 months and they put a time-lapse camera. One of them just had the factory bluing and the other one had the Cerakote. And it was like, it was incredible to see how well the Cerakote stood up 
after 15 months of elements. I mean, the other thing was completely rusted I and mean, it looked horrible. Well, you've done, you've done more research than I have. <laughs> I, I, for me, it was just a process of getting these Gander, Gander Mountain guns and they were all on their private ranges. So they, were, they were hideous. All, they were hideous looking. <laughs> um, and I, I looked, at, looked at them and said, what are we going to do with these things? So Cerakote was the answer to that. Um, it's added to our business. Mm-hmm. And as a part of the Cerakote process, most gun stores have an 01 FFL. We had to get what they call as a 07 FFL, which is a lot more stringent process and the ATF. So we will have, be able to have capacities going forward to manufacture parts and things like that. We're not there yet, but we're going to grow that part of the business going forward. Right on, right on. Um, okay, so there's a little background on on Sarah coating, which uh, and, and one other thing I just found interesting is the the metal pieces go into the oven at 250 degrees, and the plastic ones go in at like 180. So well, yeah, <laughs> it was actually for me being a non-engineering, non-technical person. I don't know anything about. I it. was surprised that the plastic could go in the oven at all. Yeah, um, but for for me, you know, talking about that process and and that we looked at that market and we, you know, for me, I, I, you go into a gun store and they say it's 230 dollars. There's a breakdown fee of $50 because they want to cover their labor to break the gun down. Listen, buddy, I have an ugly-ass $400 gun that's that's rusted and dirty. I just want, you know, I want to protect it. Now my ugly-ass gun's going to cost me $400. bucks. i will just go buy a new one at that price. And that's exactly right. Yeah. So we're going to undercut that market on the pricing. We're not going to charge breakdown fees. We're not going to nickel and dime everybody. We have very simple pricing. I think I have to look at my sheet here in a second, but it's $125 for a handgun, no breakdown fee. It's $150 for an AR-15 style rifle. Mm-hmm. And if you buy the firearm, a handgun from us, we'll Cerakote it for 60 bucks. Nice. Yeah. So Can't also as a part of that, and a big part of that is any retired fire, any re- um, retired uh, veterans mm-hmm. and active duty police officers are 20% off those prices. Oh, nice. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, we, we back the blue and obviously support our veterans as well as I know For you sure. do. Um, what about actual firearms? I know that you guys are moving that direction as well as far as starting to uh, sell guns. We are moving that direction. Um, we were putting the business. It's a little bit odd as a result of getting the Gander Mountain guns. And so we're going to pursue that business. And for me, it was about... You know, when I grew up, you had a local gun store that was uh, re- relaxed. Gun store. Yeah, mom and pop gun store. You you could buy and sell, and they would trade with you. The trend now is that gun stores only want to sell to you. I wanted to create that atmosphere where it, you can come in, you can trade a gun with us. We just kind of an old school deal where you can buy, sell, and trade, and we're going to do that. Um, it's going to be kind of a gun show type atmosphere in the sense that we're going to sell a lot of bulk ammo. Uh, for me, when I go to the gun store and I'm buying ammo and it's a box of 20, a box of 20 does me no good. I want to buy 300. Right. And so we're going to do that. And we've made an agreement with the manufacturer out of Utah that does a first-class job. And they're going to supply us with our bulk ammo. We're going to sell it at very, very thin margins and move, uh-huh. a, lot, move a lot of ammo because we're just, we're just trying to create something that we that is something that we would want. And that's what yeah. we want. And um, th- that noise right there is a bag of 100 rounds of Nine millimeter bulk ammo. So a hundred rounds, and the price on here is twenty bucks. Yep, I mean twenty He's bucks. Giving it away. That's exactly right. We're running super thin margins. Um, yeah. That's a nine millimeter, one hundred fifteen grain for twenty now, bucks. I've got another bag in my hand. This is a uh, hundred rounds of uh, two two three ammo, twenty nine bucks. So I mean, if you were to go to the uh, let's just say Cabela's or whatever, and I mean you're gonna pay for for. Twenty nine dollars, even if you bought the cheapest stuff, you know. 
So it all breaks down to price per round. Yeah. And so for the typical right now, 223 at Cabela's or Bass Pro, it's 45 cents a round. Mm -hmm. For this stuff is 29 cents a round. Yeah. And that's how we're going to sell it. And to get this price normally, I have to wait till the gun show. And I wanted to create a a place where people could go on a daily basis and get that ammo at that price. Absolutely. But you also have other stuff too. You brought some Winchester blindside, uh, awesome waterfowl rounds, and you guys are... Offering a Lone Star Outdoors show special on that. For- we are. I'm a big duck hunter. This is my favorite ammo, and we got a ton of it when we bought Gander Mountain. You got Mountain your dog Zimitor. in the truck out there. I do have my dog <laughs> in the truck, and uh, she goes everywhere with me. Yeah. But this is my favorite ammo to duck hunt with, and we got a ton of it. So what we're going to do for all our duck hunting buddies out there is we're going to do a, a Lone Star Outdoors show special. This is Winchester Blindside, 12 gauge, 3 inch, 1400 velocity. And um, we're going to sell it for sixteen ninety nine. Can't beat that. That's, I encourage you guys a, to check the price yeah. <laughs> on that because that is a great price on that. And we're going to hit you again because they get ten percent on uh, the shipping too if they use my promo code Lone Star on the uh, website. So, that is exactly right. Yeah. So awesome stuff there. You're taking care of our our listeners. That's for sure. A um, couple other things to talk about. Can't really. I can't, you know, we, I feel bad even bringing it up. Can't really talk about the name of the company because it's a competitor from what I wear. Uh, but you did just sign a big deal with a, a very well-known outdoor apparel company. And folks can just, I'll just say, go to the website if you're interested in that. Uh, 100% but. we did. And I can't even say the name of it as part of the agreement. <laughs> yeah. um, but we're excited about that. And it's going to be mainly in-store. Uh-huh. Um, so I would just encourage you to take the time to get in the car and come over. And it's going to be worth your Where time. Where is the store for... The store is located in in North Richmond Hills. Uh-huh. It's at Loop 820 and Highway 26. 60,000 square feet. 60,000 square feet. Yeah. And 60, uh, not 16, 60. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, our warehouse in the back is 14,000 square feet. Yeah. So it's a big operation. It's a big place. And, you know, for us, we, we the Gander Mountain Opportunity created this, getting this ball rolling for us. Um, we, we work every day to improving the store. Mm-hmm. And we've done a lot in the last six months that I'm proud of. We've got a great team. But it has been a process. Yeah. And um, every time someone comes in that has been coming in from the beginning, all they say to me is it's getting so much more organized and so much more, so much better. And um, so I'm proud of that. So come see us at the store for sure. But to that notion. Um, for when, folks that don't live around there, though, I mean, the e-commerce aspect is huge. Uh, as far like for this ammo, for instance, uh, you guys buy it in bulk and then just have it shipped to your front door. That's exactly right. And, and for us, this was always about an e-commerce operation. And what we're going to, because of that, our store hours, it's important to note, our store hours are Thursday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m., Sunday from 12 to 6. And we're only open Thursday through Sunday. But we're always open at www.overstocksandbargains.com. Right on, right on. Um, We've got uh, a couple of cool uh, things to talk about as far as giveaways. The Defender, this is the Keylock handgun safe, so... If you're like me, your dad, you've got young kids. I think one of them's trying to peek their way into the peek their head into the studio right now. But uh, you know, before I was uh, when I was married, I just left the handgun on the nightstand. Right. When was, once we had our first kid, my wife's like, "That ain't gonna fly anymore." Buddy. Right. <laughs> That's know? exactly so, right. And I get it. You know, I totally. You know, I used to have one on the nightstand, one in between the seats in in my truck. And uh, all that has changed. So I've got one of these in the bedroom now. They're great. They're yeah. they're small and they're portable. 
Um, I keep them in my office drawer at the house. I, I've, we've got them everywhere because, like you said, I've got people in and out of my house all the time, and I can't have handguns laying around anymore. Right. Um, I've got nieces that I care about, and, and I think that part of owning, being a gun owner is being responsible about it, and this is an aspect of that. Um, these Defender handgun safes are small and portable, but we have a lot of large safes that we made a deal with the safe manufacturer. Mm -hmm. We got some scratch and dent safes from a manufacturer, Winchester gun manufacturer, gun safe manufacturer. And um, I would encourage you to come in the store and look at the prices on those because they're about 60% of what we're selling them, the same exact safe at Bass Pro Shops for. Was they like charging 1600 1700 bucks there? We're selling the, a, a, a safe that's 1600 bucks at Bass Pro. We're selling for 800 bucks. Badass. Yeah, so, I mean, it is a big difference in price. Yeah. And for me, I've always wanted a, a really nice big safe, but I didn't want to pay 2000 bucks for it. Right. So this will allow you to get a really nice home-quality safe for a great price. Yeah. Well, cool. And we're going to encourage folks to, to uh, follow along on your Instagram and Facebook pages because we're going to give away one of these Defender uh, Keylock handgun safes. I don't know what the MSRP on this thing is. I think the MSRP on that thing's about 120 bucks, and we're uh -huh. selling them for 79 bucks or something okay. like that. So cool price. So y'all follow along on our social. And I'm going to tell all your listeners too. We're an old school store. If you come in and you see a price you don't like, ask for Trent. I love to negotiate. <laughs> I love to work deals. If you want to buy in bulk. We'll do that. We're not a traditional corporate retail store. Yeah. We're going to have a lot of fun. I'm actively involved. I'm always there. And um, you see a price you don't like, don't walk out. Say, say where's Trent? Yeah. And we'll work it out. And I guarantee you'll leave happy. Right on. And it's uh, overstocksandbargains.com. Don't forget when you order ammo, you uh, use that promo code Lone Star, save 10%. And check out the uh, Winchester Blindside uh, special as well. And, man, I can't get over this. It's a pretty 20, good deal. Yeah, 20 bucks for 100 rounds of 9mm ammo. I so. think I bought some 9mm from another big retailer a few months ago, and the 20 bucks got me, I think, 25 rounds or something. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is stuff. We're going to sell this bulk ammo in quantities that you can go to the ranch with for the weekend and not to take, you know, 400 different boxes. Yeah. It's going to be in one box. You throw it in the truck, you're ready to go. Right on, man. Well, hey, I certainly appreciate it. Perfect. Thank you for having us out. I appreciate you. Our good friend Trent Gilly of OverstocksAndBargains.com. I'm truly excited about that relationship uh, and the amazing discounts that Trent's able to offer you guys and gals on ammo and soon to be firearms as well. Uh, that segment of the presentation, by the way, brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Grab a 12-pack on your way to the lake. But remember, drink responsibly when you enjoy an ice-cold Lone Star beer. Uh, unfortunately, just looking at the clock here. We got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to Trent, as well as our other guest today, Jess Priles of Hardcore Carnivore. I certainly enjoyed visiting with her. I mean, who doesn't like talking meat, right? Um, we will do it again, same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Get herself by Cause she's a soul agent For the USA She'll be here tomorrow After she gets through today She's a 